Uncharted Feelings, and Uncharted for Critique. The Uncharted series and I have such a weird relationship. Let's call it tenuous, but not necessarily in a bad way. I've just never been super attached to it. Or at least, that's what I thought. In fact, I think that's what I've always considered my feelings on the franchise, until I finally sit down and play whatever the next iteration is, and then it sucks me back in. That has never been more true than the feelings and emotions I've felt as I finished Uncharted 4. As a fair warning, this critique will be full of spoilers, be probably too long and deeply personal, as relating it back to what this series means to me and how it's been a part of my life. Thus, the reason I'm not calling it a review. I'd suggest reading this only after you've finished Uncharted 4, and preferably all the games in the Uncharted series. Uncharted Drake's Fortune was the first time I was ever aware of a developer, really. 14-year-old me thought it'd be a perfect companion to the PS3 Christmas present the whole family received in 2007, and the game jumped out to me because I recognized Naughty Dog as the makers of a series I loved, Jack and Daxter. Past that, they made a series me and my brothers traded controllers on for hours into the night, Crash Bandicoot, but I wouldn't realize that until months after finishing Drake's Fortune. My mom was just excited to play it with me because it seemed like a fun, swashbuckling adventure. And it was that, plus so much more. There was wit, love, care, and something else that you just can't put into words, all wrapped up in a Nathan Drake-shaped package. Naughty Dog, in a lot of ways, was the developer that brought me into the game's writing world as being aware of developers. Aware of teams that stuck together, evolved, worked together, and made an art that evolved. They're a team that clearly challenges themselves to do better, to change, and to face new challenges and new hardware head-on, always throwing themselves into the deep end. It would have been easy to make a Jack 4 after the PS3 came out, where it wouldn't have been easy to continue Crash with the rights in Activision's hands. But they chose a different route. Maybe that impressed me, but even if I considered Uncharted 2 the best in the series and Uncharted 3 a general disappointment, going off only one experience I had with it that I don't remember fondly, Naughty Dog really won me over with The Last of Us. That daring conversation it must have taken to make a completely new game where they had a very successful, hard-hitting, exclusive franchise, that was big, to say the least. But three years later, Uncharted 4 releases, and I have all but no excitement for it. Diving back into that world, I honestly didn't know what to expect, but it wasn't what I got. I definitely didn't expect such a masterfully crafted game, both mechanically and narratively, that sucks me so far back into the franchise that I had forgotten I loved, that reminds me at every turn why I fell in love with these characters, and leaving me so satisfied with their final conclusion that I have tears welling up in my eyes. It's easy to look back on the flaws mechanically instilled in the Uncharted series. They were of a different time, and a really different era of third-person shooter. Things like Tomb Raider, the modern iteration, have come and released as direct responses to it. Naughty Dog's own Last of Us, which finally introduced actual stealth mechanics to their gameplay loop, one-upped the foundation of run and shoot and have fun that is the core of Uncharted. Part of the improvement is the significant downsize in combat. There's just a lot less of it, which is a good thing. Arenas of dudes to shoot and murder, furthering the funny background joke that Nathan Drake is a homicidal maniac, makes that awkward conversation a little difficult to put off. But when combat is something more unique, even if it's just a little less common, it makes each encounter a tad bit more worthwhile. 
It helps that each big set-piece arena is so unique and vast that you're left with near-limitless options to explore while you fight instead of the more narrow set you had before. There was always a good place to hole up and bunker down in Uncharted 2 and 3. But now, I've found a lot more success moving through combat. The constant motion made every moment of action so much more exciting, and this is reinforced in the combat set pieces, the moments that just so happen to also be combat as crazy and bombastic events follow you onto the next area. The biggest change that kind of helps this improvement is the grappling hook. Sure, the levels are wider and almost every climbing puzzle has more than one solution now, as opposed to the funneled feeling you'd see a ton of in Uncharted 2, but none of that matters if it isn't utilized. Now you can get across these massive maps of combat in an instant because you can throw your rope, drop down on an enemy, and just smash your way forward. It's that feeling of momentum that you're climbing, you're shooting, and now you're swinging, and now you're falling on an enemy, and now you're back to climbing shooting again. It's seamless in a way that's even more difficult to explain. Whether it's the massive display of sheer area to move around, the destructible cover that always has you pushing forward, or the satisfying feeling you get from running out of ammo, dropping on a dude, and in doing so taking his gun to refill your ammo supply. They've made that action movie dream where every bit of gunplay is in itself a set piece because of the bountiful and beautiful mechanics laid out by the very act of playing the game. Oh, and stealth mechanics? Yeah, they're finally here, and for real this time. No half measures like Uncharted 3. No, this is real stealth, with a mark and awareness system that even one-ups The Last of Us. On a mechanical level, it's where Uncharted really takes from Naughty Dog's other PS3 gen shooter. All these little sets and additions play into a game that I actually remember as fun to play. Most of my discouraging memories from Uncharted 3 come from combat that was far too drawn out and not fun to play after the first half. I wanted each section of fighting to end faster than it could start because I was done murdering half of a small country by the end of it all. Uncharted 4 never faced that problem. The sandboxes of brawling were just too fun to swing through, and there isn't nearly enough shooting for you to get sick of it. Along with the clear demonstration of mastery of simple third-person action that has been a staple of the series since its inception, there is a mastery of the characters and the world-building that you've genuinely never seen in this series before. If there is one thing I can say that pleasantly surprised me about Uncharted 4 above all else, it's how much felt new and fresh for a fourth game in the series. Part of that is a shift in tone. The idea that this was the darkest game in the series seems a bit misleading. Sure, by comparison it is, but it still doesn't hold a candle to how shady the likes of something like The Last of Us go. There's still that lighthearted feel, the jokes and humor cushion in it, and since spoilers are fair game here, the resolution that sees a happy ending for all. Maybe that's the bridge that'll burn it for everyone, or at least for some. There are no consequences for the characters' actions here, but I think that has always been a part of the series. And the real throughline to convey that to the player is Sam Drake's story. He serves as the Nathan Drake beyond his years. Where Nate clearly has always been the more mature of the two, Sam has been the immature, cooler older brother that was leading Nate down a dangerous path, but Nate went along with it because appeasing that older sibling was worth it to him. I've lived this very experience, and it's so well portrayed thanks to not only Nolan North and Troy Baker, but also thanks to Chase Austin and Britton Dalton, who absolutely knock it out of the park as young Sam and Nate respectively. 
The two scenes you share with the young brothers really grounds the story to a dynamic that defines the characters in the relationship. It's what makes the late game inclusion of Sam feel deserved. It's delivered through a mechanism that works and feels whole where it could have easily felt ham-fisted. This is the story of Nate in a lot of ways and what has made him him. From Nathan Morgan to Nathan Drake even. It's important that his brother is the rock that helps ground and focus in on that tale. Sure, that story resonates with me a lot because I share a similar relationship with my two older brothers, but it's a genuinely human relationship too that anyone with family or surrogate family can relate to. Just like the father-son mentor-student relationship of Drake and Sully explored in Uncharted 3, just better here. In a lot of ways, this is a game by Naughty Dog for Naughty Dog fans. Not just because you get to play Crash Bandicoot or because there are myriad Last of Us and previous Uncharted references in it, but because it's a culmination of all their parts. Their design, their gameplay, their mechanics, their writing, it's all here. It all delivers. It all concludes. Seeing Cassie Drake at the end of this journey, seeing Elena and Nate realize they're made for this life and can live it just above board if they find the right way, it all fits. It's like the pieces of the puzzle that only Naughty Dog could put together. All of it concluding after the best-paced, most beautifully realized, and set-piece-induced adventure they've ever put together. Maybe there isn't a train or airplane moment in Uncharted 4, not one shining moment, but I think almost every second of the first two acts of the game serve as non-stop set-pieces that are never afraid to introduce something new. Whether it's a new kind of flashback to young Drake's, a prison fight, a heist in a chateau, or going scuba diving, the game moves. The momentum is unmistakable, and that doesn't let up until you hit the island about two-thirds through the game. And from there, you get to revisit the format and adventuring feel of Uncharted Drake's fortune, but more realized. The third act of the game, which I've seen a lot of criticism lodged against, is the game for me. And the preamble sets up the incredible series of scenes that Nate and Elena get to share. Not to mention the best use of environmental storytelling in the series when you hit the town of Libertalia. Just exploring the secret pirate city is one of the most breathtaking sequences in a game I've seen the past three years. Since the last Naughty Dog game. The pedigree and delivery here is top notch. This is a love letter from Naughty Dog to their fans. The fans of Uncharted. The fans of The Last of Us. The fans of all their games. Yes, even Jack and Daxter. The combat has never been tighter, the world more appealing, the story more coherent. When you play Cassie exploring the Drake household, you really get to relish in the world they've built across the PlayStation 3. And now, PlayStation 4. Adventures and journeys, characters and stories. And when I played that, I realized how much it all mattered to me. How happy I was that Nate and Elena got to live the dream and have Cassie too. That I fought all those frustrating hours of enemies in Uncharted's 1 through 3, relished in the amazing and refined combat through 4, and got this epilogue for that very realization. Uncharted 4 is a game that Naughty Dog wasn't even obligated to make. They could have left the series on PS3 and gone on to a newer future, but this was really the series that served as their coming out to the wider industry as the most talented and diversely skilled studio in the industry as a whole. They send off Nate, Elena, Sully, and now Sam with love and care that can only come from a studio that humbly understands how much the art they've created means to the industry, 
the players they've connected with, and the lives that they have honestly touched with their stories. To Naughty Dog, Bruce, Neil, Josh, Amy Hennig, the art, programming, and entire development team, thank you. Honestly, I didn't deserve a send-off this damn good, but you continue to knock it out of the park, and I can walk away from Uncharted with a newfound appreciation for what was once a fun Indiana Jones-style adventure I played with my mom, and is now so much more. Thank you. Hey there, and welcome to the best of list article read for Uncharted Feelings and Uncharted 4 Critique by one Alex O'Neill. We're doing a bunch of article reads uh, for all these games and list things. That's a bad intro, but we're going to keep we're going to keep this one, Quinn. Um, Anyway, I'm one of your co-hosts, I guess we'll figure that Uh, Logan Wilkinson, along with Alex O'Neill. Say hi, Alex. Hi. Um, And yes, this is a article read. For Uncharted Feelings and Uncharted 4 Critique um, by Alex, obviously. Um, we're yeah, doing. You just heard me read it. Yeah, we, yeah, you just heard them read it in his very melodic tones. I like your voice, Alex. I know you probably don't. Um, Thank you. I, you know, I've come around on it. I, I'm a, I like my voice, but I don't like to tell people that because it makes me sound conceited. There, it's funny. This is, this is a weird, like, mirror image thing then, because obviously, listener, you would, or, or assume you know me. If not, hello. I'm Logan. Hello. You sound lovely, listener, or look lovely. I don't know. I can't. I'm just assuming. All of the above. Yeah. No one who checks irrational passions is not beautiful on the inside now. Yeah, you get it. I'm yeah, concerned. exactly. Um, I like myself a lot, listener. But a weird thing that I don't. I'm not a huge fan of my voice. I don't like that that okay. much. Um, but anyway, we're not here about voice talks, unfortunately, or fortunately. We're here about Uncharted, which is really all that matters in the world. Um, and Naughty Dog in particular. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I said it. It's a take for the day. <laughs> uh, in particular, this piece on Uncharted 4. And, like, I th- I think the place I want to start, Alex, um, is just kind of the overall, I think, emotional connection you have to Uncharted, right? Because I feel like most people with Uncharted pre-Uncharted 4 had a game that really meant a lot to them. And I, f- I feel like... You're a little different in the fact that, like, you, I think, appreciated 1, 2, and 3 a lot, liked them a lot, yeah. but you didn't necessarily love them as much as other people did, including myself, right? Like, you don't necessarily have, like, that game before 4 came around. Yeah, I, like, and it's the thing, I talk about it in the piece of, like, Uncharted 3 never clicked with me, right? Like, mm-hmm. that is game. the thing of, a, a great video game, but, like, I've never had a good experience with Uncharted 3, right? I, I only bad. ever played it once, and I... I didn't love it mm. at the time, honestly. Like, I don't have good memories of that playthrough. Mm. Uh, to be fair, like the thing is, it's one of those things where you, sometimes you play a game and you get like maybe stuck on an encounter yep. or something, and that just happened over and over and over again for me in that game, in a way that totally ruined the experience. Mm. Um, I don't think that that my experience is necessarily speaks to the quality of that game no yeah but it's the experience i have you know mm-hmm. and it's it is completely colored my opinion of uncharted 3 uh and uncharted 3 i think is the one i had my uncharted 3 experience with uncharted 4 mm. right? like mm. i feel like everybody kind of found their emotional hooks in that franchise with three but i i didn't 
mm. because I, I just didn't have a good time playing it uh, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I, I'm not necessarily here to dwell on the past, but for just it hit all the notes for me. And, and walking out of it, I was I was really emotional. Yeah, And it's it's funny from the flip side, right, where I have this like incredibly like like Uncharted to me is like arguably the most entwined with kind of my modern like gaming life and story in terms of video game franchise right where like the first video game ever played on the ps3 was uncharted one um it was the very first uncharted game the second game i ever played it was uncharted 2 i had bought them like that bundle because i didn't get my ps3 for, for like two years um and so those two games are kind of entwined with me with the weird twist and the irony being at the time i was like these are good but i i'm the, I'm the person who doesn't think uncharted 2 is that great um mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm in the vast, overwhelming minority that I'm reminded of constantly that I think Uncharted Three is way better than Uncharted Two, um, and that very much was again that like clawed its hooks into me. But even before then, right, like Uncharted One, being that game that kind of shot me into the modern era of games, right, where I had had a PS2 by that point for, I guess it would have been nine years, and so I had been like in the past generation for a long time. Right? I'd been playing Jack and Dexter video games for a hot second here. And then, like, I vividly remember the moment where I think it's like chapter three of that game. Uh, chapter two. Is it uh, were you the young Drake moment? No, like I'm 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 still talking Uncharted one even. Oh. Where okay. in Uncharted one, like I remember the moment where I think it's chapter three or four, where like you find the German U boat on top of the waterfall. Yeah, I think that's three. Yeah, and I remember getting like I remember running around and like breaking that corner. And I wrote about this in the very first piece I've wrote for Ash Fashions. So there's a plug for that. Um, about this mm-hmm. quiet moment where no l- words are spoken in the scene. We just break around that corner and just see that scene. And I remember literally sitting there in my bedroom at the time, and I literally like put the controller down. I was like, I've never seen anything as like stunning and beautiful as this in my entire life. Um, and like that obviously very quickly be like passed, but like that moment is like seared in my brain, just being like, this is fucking next gen video game, kids. Do you see these water effects? You see this U boat? Like it instantly like set itself into my heart and then by the time we get to three which very much is last crusade of the uncharted series and last crusade for yeah. indiana jones is by far my favorite indiana jones movie which is one of my favorite movies period because mm-hmm. of that father's son dynamic which is very much embedded in three i yep. loved that video game right um yeah and then get into four for me whereas i feel like for you like you kind of said you hadn't necessarily found that hook yet right in the series and for me it was that thing of I went into Uncharted 4 terrified. I was like, I was like, this is it. And I'm like 60% sure Drake is going to die. And if Drake doesn't die, then Sully's going to die or Lane is going to die. Somebody's going to die, right? Spoiler alert, yeah. I guess, for this game. Mild spoiler alerts. It's a three-year-old video well, I game. I spoil it in the article. Yeah, so. like, spoiler alert, it should be said. But, like, get into that moment, right? And I've talked about it a lot in the ensuing three years, where it's, or two years? Ah, time's a circle. Um, where? Shit. Yeah, that was 2016. Yeah, three years. Okay, good. Three years. Uh, where like that moment where and near the end of the game where like Jerick climbs over that like that wall or fence or whatever and like looks back to Elena and again in a quiet moment where no words are said just kind of like a little head nod and goes like I love you and like jumps down and there's yep. like the lingering glance Elena gives and like fuck one of them is gonna die like they're never gonna see, that was the last like farewell they kind of have with each other and like I literally just sat there and was like fuck like I can't I'm not ready to handle this right because I've invested a decade into these characters. Um, and so, like, my story with Uncharted 4 is, like, inherently, like, super, like, emotional tinge and, like, all the, like, the callbacks and, like, the attic in Drake's house and just the fact that, like, Drake and Lane are married and have that happily ever after, even if it's 
very messy for most of the game, right? Like another fear I had too was that like they would get divorced, which I think I mean you've talked a little bit about, right? Like the fact that like both could live at the end of the game, but they would just get divorced. Like then just be like, nah, you're like, this is wild. Like yeah. I'm not here especially after like the again, spoiler but not spoiler, like the kind of mid game reveal where she finds that he's been like gallivanting around the world. And so I had obviously an inherently like a lot of emotional baggage that was mainly just my own but yours in particular that he's going to the story and how it kind of clicked and the things that you kind of latched on to and the way that it kind of hit you i've always really loved it. i know that your thoughts on this piece in particular um certainly were a bit kind of conflicted yeah um, i feel like a big part of that is like I notice like the phrases that I use over and over sure. again a lot, um, and they stick out to me in this piece. I can't tell you off what they are off the top of my head. Do it, um, but uh, it's great because now that Jared edits almost everything I do, he stops that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is great. Jared's um, gotten to the point as like a peek behind the curtain where like if you literally use like a word too many times over like four or five paragraphs, it should be like stop. Just like a, he'll just you, he'll just put a in the yep. doc that we have. He'll just put a thinky emoji. Over he'll it. just like in my, kin, in my Kingdom Hearts oh, review, uh, which people can read now. Uh, I use in the original draft of it. I used um, spinoff entry or some form of yep. like referring to one of the games as a spinoff four times, and Jarrett highlighted all. Of yep, them that's what I was gonna say. Put a thinky emoji next. To all of he'll them. highlight every single one of them in the piece, and she'll be like, I, "This is necessary." I all of them. Yeah, so uh, so he knows our bullshit. So, like, at the time, uh, Jared did not edit this piece. So so I, I those phrases that I reuse a lot stick out to me. But that's just me. Like, I, I, like, I like this piece a lot. I went and I re-listened to it a couple weeks ago. Good, um, good. And I, I do like it a lot. It's, it's such a, it's just such a weird, it's very different. Yeah, that's why I think I like I've it. Written. It's a very, yeah. like, I think most of, certainly the kind of four main senior staff figures who've been writing on the site for a few years, or not even a few years anymore, just years, um, kind of have their own unique style. And, like, every now and again, I feel like each one of us has kind of had a piece that kind of does something different. And, like, this for me is, like, it's both a very, very, very Alex O'Neill ass like written piece, but also like an incredibly not Alex O'Neill um, yeah. feature, and I kind of love that. Right, like it, it, it goes about this story in a very different way. Um, it conveys like these like mildly, I think, kind of conflicted thoughts you have on like Uncharted as a whole, but the kind of love you have for this game in particular, and like the emotional way it did finally hit you, which is very well done. Right, and like you've. Even like the way that because you've talked, I think somewhat ex- somewhat extensively about the fact like you, like your mom playing Uncharted two right and like that like journey as well, um, which I also I think knowing that and reading this piece and seeing what you write here, um, like I think it adds that like extra dimension that I really love as well. Yeah, I think like th- that's the thing, right? And that that's kind of the. I guess the cornerstone of this piece yeah. is, is like the the kind of like hey this friend like it the, after I finished Uncharted four, 
I had all these. I was very emotional, yeah. which I didn't expect. Like I didn't expect to finish that game like in tears, mm. not because of sadness, but because of happiness. Yeah. Right? Um, and it, it really was like the whole thing came together at the end for me, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Like it's cool to not a lot of game franchises do that for me. Usually, it's like I'm either in pretty early on or or relatively before the middle but this one like i wasn't all the way in until the very end yeah um but everything in retrospect got better by the time i got to the end that's a good Um, way to put it and and so like me when i finished it i i wanted to write some like i wanted to write a review but i didn't want to write a review right like i didn't feel comfortable because cause it was I, I couldn't imagine me writing something critical about this game without me talking about how this was weirdly a, a game that helped me get my mom into modern yeah. video games, right? Uh, and, and a franchise that, that had always been that for me. Like, Uncharted 1 was the second PS3 game I ever played. The mm. first one was uh, Ratchet & Clank Tools of Destruction. Ooh. Um, which I love. Yeah. It's a great game. Um, but like, I got my PS3 for Christmas in 2007, mm. um, and my mom got Uncharted because she she like saw it and thought I would like it. Um, so she got it for me at, on a total whim. It was a game I didn't even know about beforehand, and then obviously I, I kind of had the realization of like, oh, this is Naughty Dog. Oh, they did Jack and Daxter. Yes. Oh, they did Crash Bandicoot, which I also love mm. uh, or liked. Okay, uh, that's <laughs> true. true. And yeah, it, it was so, and it was a thing of like my mom saw it and she's like, this seems like a game that maybe we could play together because it's like got, you know, like, it's kind of like Indiana Jones. Yeah. So we ended up playing it together and, and ended up really loving it. Um, and, and so like I, it's so impossible for me to split those. Like I could, right? I could just write an Uncharted 4 review, but I think at the end of the day, it would have been way less interesting than, yeah. than this. I mean, like so. that. It's it is that since I think two of you could do it, but it 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 becomes so entwined, right? Like you literally did a shout to Alex talks. Alex talks about this, um, where it is like that kind of first playthrough and everything you bring into it, everything that you kind of have going on with you, kind of colors not necessarily for better or worse, just colors that experience that it becomes your own unique experience that isn't really the same to anybody else's, right? Like like I hearing you say that. I could have done a, like a regular view, but I didn't want to. I wanted to kind of convey this larger thing it had done. Reminds me of like from years ago, obviously when the last of us came out, right? And like the, not even the first one, the second one I played the last of us, like a year later when I wrote like a two thousand word plus piece about the last of us that was like technically review, but like was in no way a review. Actually, just more about like how like this game just fucking obliterated me, um, and mm-hmm. like just like changed how I viewed like the storytelling mediums, kind of thing um and just shout out to ellie and it was yeah in that same way yeah shout out to ellie angel um and test r.i.p um <laughs> last of <us> spoilers but <laughs> but uh like it, it was a thing like i you could have just done or i could have just done a regular review but it ultimately i don't think either of us thought that it would have done justice to kind of to the thoughts or feelings or emotions or experience it kind of left us with and so we did something that was kind of a bit different, but I think ultimately far, far stronger. Obviously, we think this is one of the best things on the site, right? And, like, in particular, you kind of touched a little bit, like, the fact that you kind of realized that this was 
Naughty Dog, right? The studio who did Jack and Extra, who, who did um, Crash Bandicoot. Like, for me, Uncharted 4, in a weird way, almost marks kind of, like, the culmination of, like, Naughty Dog's story, in a way, where it is that thing of, like, it is... Because, I mean, you're basically the exact same age. So it is, like, us first growing up, right? Like, first experience in games kind of with, like, the Crash Bandicoot era of things, right? Like, I talked before about how, like, Crash Bandicoot is, like, the first video game I ever played, maybe. Or it's a false memory. I don't know. But may- maybe it is. And so it's, like, that to then go to Jack Nexter, which we each, like, love as a platformer, to then have Uncharted 1, 2, and 3, to then have The Last of Us come out and, like, blow each of us away in, like, profound and really, really deeply personal ways, to then finally get to this, which is which is a kind of a cap off and a kind of into this series, but also kind of as the larger like narrative growth of Naughty Dog from Crash Bandicoot 1 and a 1996 like 3D platformer to where they are now is like this giant studio in terms of narrative design, character design, and storytelling. Like to watch that growth as we ourselves grew up from kids who were playing platformers, that's all we really care about, like a mascot to where we want kind of deeper and more powerful stories like i always loved uncharted 4 for how it kind of mirrored our own or people kind of our age's own kind of growth and evolution through games along the same way Mm -hmm. and like i have that other piece that i wrote um growing up with a generation that yes like I feel like my sentiment for that is The Last of Us, right? Like that that game kind of it's embodies so the end of my adolescence in a lot of ways, mm. um, in a in a really cool way for me personally, right? Yeah. Um, so like I n- I never had that feeling with Uncharted. I still don't, right? Like Uncharted is is a totally different thing for me. It's um, it's just cool. Yeah, it's interesting because. I think Uncharted 4 does it more for me than The Last of Us, which, spoiler spoiler, if you listen to this, like The Last of Us is my favorite game of all time, and it's Alex's third favorite game of all time. It was. Maybe it's fourth now. Um, it's, it's in the top five. Yeah. Still. Um, and so we each obviously very... <laughs> if you listen to this, you're aware of our feelings in this game. Yeah, um, I hope. Yeah, but it is... Although some people in the YouTube comments aren't. Um, but... <laughs> But it is. I I gave that game a ten so just to cover my own ass. Fucking like, good. We each we each think that me. game is a ten. Yeah, we each we each love that game. But it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. We made it. God, one joke about a seven out of ten. People got fucking Jesus. I know. Um, but but no, like it's interesting because for me it's Uncharted Four over the Last of Us because the Last of Us is such a like it is just a masterpiece in like every way, right? And it is such a giant departure from Uncharted Three. Then for so for me it is going back to this like older series one last time right to kind of say for out of that as we la- then launch into the, like the last of us and whatever comes next era this is a newer era this is like the kind of end of this it is like the one last time one less it is the one last time like hamilton-esque um kind of farewell to what naughty dog was um and is and kind of launching them into whatever comes next whether it be the last of us two or whatever comes after that um mm-hmm. because like even though i think we each probably think Last of Us 2 is the last Last of Us game, which is a hell of a sentence. Um, it's still a thing for me where it's like, but that is that is different than Uncharted 4 and like the farewell that was and the kind of the yeah. end that was. Right? It just has different, like I think for each of us, it's just, it's something different. I like Naughty Dog is a different studio at this point. Yeah. I think the, the Last of Us changed that studio. Yes, 100%. Like, you, can't, you can't go back after that. Yeah, I mean like it's but like, 
Uncharted 2 also. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right? It's, it's like, weird. Yeah. It's so, that's how it's on the outside looking. It's at. so hard, yeah, to judge that moment having been there, right? But, like, it's it seems ridiculous now, but, like, I remember going into The Last of Us and being like, this is a Naughty Dog game. They did Uncharted, like, I'm not, like, I felt like I did not hear that much buzz with Last of Us. And then, like, I basically, like, the views dropped and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then, like, and then, like, I played it, right? Like, we each listened to Podcast Beyond, and, like, I feel like they never talked about Last of Us that much on that podcast leading up to, like, when they was re-dropped, and I was like, all right, cool. It's like, yeah, not a game, zombies, whatever, like, all right, dope. Yeah. And then, like, we went in there, and it's just like, this is something I've never played before, and still I've never played anything like that before. It's just, like, and so the expectations were different. Like, it changed it. Like, even with 2 and 3, like, this was still, like, this is Indiana Jones and the last was is like, no, this is something altogether different. And so that's why I think Uncharted 4 had that thing for me. But mm -hmm. ultimately, I just want to say that Uncharted 4 is fucking dope. And now, now we're going to, I'm going to pivot a little bit here. What is the, what is the emotional high of the, of Uncharted 4 for you? Right? Like, I think, and it's very emotional piece, but it's the high point of the game for you. Is it the end? Can we talk about the end? Can we just do that? Yeah, we can talk about it. I mean, is that the high for you? If it's not, I'm we trying can... to think. Like, what do you mean by emotional high? Like, I think the, the most moment emotional that point? yeah, the moment that hit you the hardest, the moment that I think resonates with you still. Maybe three years later. Um, it's those could be two different things. Yeah, it's the fucking. I didn't think it would be. It's the it's the dinner scene, man. Yep. Like, I went. It's the only time, like, at least at at the time. That's changing. Crash. It's this is changing now. But it's the only time I went and I was like, I need to record this and put this yeah. in this piece. Uh, I like I made a pro like an unlisted YouTube upload so I could embed that scene mm -hmm. in this piece uh, from my personal YouTube account. Like, and in so if you go and read the I piece was say, up on the website, yeah. you can watch that scene. It's incredible. Yeah, like I remember that like. There is a scene in The Last of Us that is the equivalent of that. Yeah, I don't think... For we, me? I, uh, we don't need to... Which I've it. talked to you about, yes. um, which is the scene where Ellie admits that she doesn't believe in God. Like, mm -hmm. that is a scene that I connect to on a very, very personal level. Um, just the, the way that conversation dances around that topic and, and, and kind of culminates. That is totally the dinner scene for me here. Mm. Um, it's the most emotional scene for me in that game, just like... Uh, that scene with Ellie is the most emotional scene for me in The Last of Us. Very specific. Yeah. yeah, like, obviously, like, there are a lot of different feelings I have. Yeah. But that scene embodies why I relate to Ellie so much, right? Yeah. Um, just, like, this scene embodies, like, it, it was that realization of, like, this relationship means something to me. Yes. Um, and I still, like, I don't know if I could put into words what that is because it's not, like, joy. It's not, yeah. like, some... It's not a pure emotion. It is very much somewhere in the gray in the middle. Um, but that scene where, like, Drake is just the most Drake mm -hmm. and, and is, like, so passionate and so real is just, it is, like, the it is such a vulnerable scene. Yes. Uh, and I think you wouldn't necessarily know that if you had not seen the other scenes. But it is Drake slipping into Nathan Drake <laughs> unintentionally, right? Yeah. Like, it is him becoming this thing 
that he is, like this pure him that he is in front of Ellie, or not Ellie, God, Elena, E names mess me up. And he doesn't, the thing is, if he, if he could think, if he could get, if he could control himself, mm-hmm. he wouldn't do that because he knows like going full Nathan Drake, like a 10 on the Nathan Drake scale would upset Elena yeah. after this very real conversation they've had about the yeah. relationship leading into this. But it's, it's just who he is. He can't not be himself. And it's incredible. What I, and it's 100% Nolan North. Yes, yes, yes. just crushes it. It's I, I love you so much for a lot of reasons, obviously. But I, I love, in, <laughs> in particular, the fact that like you chose this scene that I think is like... That's the most Alex O'Neill thing I could do is pick the most specific scene no, in but video I, game. I, because, no, because like we... I feel like we haven't talked that much because we haven't talked that much about Uncharted Four. Actually, um, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot. Weirdly, out of like all the Night Dog projects, Uncharted might be when we've talked the least about. In fact, like we've talked maybe more about Crash Jack and Last of Us all more than Uncharted. And mm-hmm. so, it's weird that you chose this scene, which I did not necessarily. Like, I knew you loved, but I didn't know it would be this pick because I also love this scene. Like, it's, it's also like, yeah, like I think when I published this, this was like you, had, you yeah. brought up to me like how you were so happy that I. I elevated this scene out of everything else because it is because there are a lot of great scenes in this game and, and like for me they're the uh, the only other scenes that I would really even kind of talk about would be Drake and Elena um, like the Crash Bandicoot scene in their house yeah, uh, which which is amazing yeah like that that reveal so might be the, like, the single coolest like Easter egg reveal I've ever gotten in a video game like it's just I wish I had, I, I had so it spoiled good. for me oh my god I I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. so like it sucks and like the like that scene the scene where like they have like their big fight like when Elena yeah, finds Drake scene. yeah and then obviously the epilogue um yeah and also like for you uh, the the when he says goodbye obviously yes uh, yes that scene right like that moment is one that is like stuck with me right and like mm-hmm. ultimately though like those scenes are all scenes that I think are all amazing and like i'm not even sure what i would pick that's a thing like i don't have to answer the question i i get to ask it yeah uh, i mean like, but, like I the pirate pick a different scene no but i love that you picked this scene because this scene is i think you kind of hit the head on the other like it is nathan drake like becoming nathan drake while not meaning to like while actively almost like trying not to but he just like yep. it just slips into it and it is elena kind of i think understanding who he is right like it because it is like it is a very a very very nathan drake scene but like the thing for me is that like it's a very elena heavy scene just in how she reacts to everything right yeah, like how yeah. she responds because like she could go so many different directions right like she, this could be a thing of like oh he'll never change like he's just gonna be this guy so like there's no point to this right and like i think it's cleverer than that it's way smarter than that and like it does it in a, in a very uh, obviously in a thing that i love um like it isn't a very kind of understated quiet manner like where Elena doesn't then have like a giant monologue back at him um yeah. they just kind of like the facial reactions and her body language and well like what that kind of conveys as she kind of watches him kind of unfurl this thing out is mm-hmm. like incredible like it is an it's, incredible piece of just like non-spoken acting for the most part by her and that character yeah it's it, there's like a lot of gravitas to this scene that yes is, like you, like you feel this scene as much as you see it right like yes uh, and I love that. I obviously like you and I. I, I have always 
like you and I love the slow burn. Yes. Right? I, I, and it, I think a big part of that slow burn for me are the interim scenes, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the finales are great. The, the, the so longs, the farewells, the endings, the deaths, they're all obviously very important, very impactful. Um, and it's a reason why I, I really like Kingdom Hearts three, uh, just plug, plug in there. Um, to listen to our spoiler cast, but like interim stuff, like the things where people are talking, <laughs> like, are typically like the reasons why you love characters yes. are those scenes and people always forget about them. Yep. So that's why like this one sticks out to me so much. It's just, you know, there there you feel so much in the scene with such little said. Yes. Uh and there for me personally like there is a connection to Drake and yeah. just how he is who he is mm-hmm. in regards to his passion yep in this game i think in the same way of yeah. like me and my passion yep right like ultimately you can't get away from it you can't yes. run away from from who you are uh Oof. and that's what a, a be- lot of what uncharted 4 is about what a beautiful way to sum that up yeah like it it it's a thing for me where what i think is like actually really deceptive and clever run Uncharted for is that this is like actually the end of the game and there's still like so much of the game left <laughs> yeah. after right? but this is the end like this is basically this is, this is the end of the game like that's what they've been doing is ends here and then there's still so much left over um and i think it's one of like the cleverest things about this entire game is that in every other uncharted game like the ending is the ending whereas here they kind of have this moment happen and then the rest is just kind of the repercussions of that right kind of the like that just kind of still the aftershocks going through these characters um and the repercussions of like you are who you are right like you just can't, you can't really run away from your passion just who you are um, it's like it's, you, there, there's three things three ends that happen here right? yeah like there's drake realizing that this is who he is there's the end of the the narrative of the game of like what happened here mm-hmm. of like oh we finally realized like the all these two betrayed everyone else yeah. like all the other pirates and, and and killed them here at this dinner and then there's the elena story of her realizing mm-hmm. one the reason she loves drake is because he is this mm-hmm. but two she loves this too yes right? like yeah that's the like, thing it's it it is as much a Drake scene as it is an Elena yep. scene, right? I obviously I I focus on on Drake here, sure. And but like I don't want to discredit like Elena's performance and, and how it's great so that is as well, um, and how subtle it is. Yeah, right? that's the thing, like, yeah. like the most of her reaction in the scene is her just staring at Drake, and the best part is like he looks at her, realizes he's just become himself, and and apologizes, and she says it's okay. And it's very, it's just very earnest. It's very it's genuine. the way that she says okay, right? Like it is like, it is that moment where, especially after, after everything they've gone through in this game, where it, it began to be like, maybe this will be all right. Like there's like there's a thing like there's a chance like we like this will be like salvageable. Like like and more than a chance. Like it feels like it'll be okay if they just don't die at the end. Basically, like they're obviously. A lot can be written about, I think, the the crash scene in particular and, like, what that does for just conveying a real fleshed-out, like, 3D relationship and, like, a lived-in kind of love. But, like, this scene I love, like you kind of talked about, because it is just, like, that okay that Elena says is, like, 
hits me every time. Yeah. A thousand words all just like put into one single word. It's a, a thousand emotions and stories and days in this relationship all put into that one thing. And it's just like the way she says it, like the earnest nature of it, but also just like kind of the love behind it. Like it is, it is such a beautiful okay, which seems yeah. like a ridiculous thing to say, but it, it's true here, right? Like in, in a similar vein to where like, obviously like for me, this scene would kind of, I would pull from like the spoiler, like the draft scene from the last race, right? Where it is like, it's very much the, I think it's totally the equivalent. To the almost scene. nothing is said in that scene between Joel and Ellie, like almost nothing. Right. But like, this, like the line that I always talk about from the last race, like the, the, the line more than any other, where it's just like, this can't all have been for nothing. Right. Like where like Ellie says that, right. And then she kind of walks in the stairs. And I, when I first read that video game, I was like, how like, I thought that was the end where like, it goes to black for a second. And she like kind of disappears. And it's like, that's, it's going to end super ambiguously. Like they don't get like, it's just like, it can't have been for nothing. They had to have done th all of this for something. Right. And like in a weird way, this is Elena being like, like, it's okay. Like we've been through enough. Like I know this is who you are. And like, like you said, like I'm also very much here for it. Like I could have turned away over the last 10 years, but I didn't. Like I also love adventures. And as you see in the epilogue, it's very much true that they each have this passion, each thing that kind of literally brought them together, but then kind of keeps them together. That kind of keeps that, that flame going so that it turns and evolves into something far more than just a love of adventure, right? Like it's a deeper seated thing. Um, and I think yeah. in particular for Drake, what has been like a whole life kind of running away from the things that like he could, he would argue running towards things, right? Running to the next kind of venture and treasure and everything. But it, it is very much running away from kind of that past and running away from the kind of traumas that kind of inhabited so much of his kind of early formative years, right? Like it is like he hasn't had anybody ever look at him I don't think and just say it's okay like this is like you are okay like you yeah. being who you are ultimately is okay it's enough like that's that's all I need you to be um and so I think even from that especially with like how much more of his backstory how much more of this kind of flashbacks are shown throughout this game I think that scene carries that extra weight there for me right like the epilogue I think is beautiful and perfect and is my favorite it's video game vibes, of you know? all time yeah it's my favorite i think it's like a perfect like there's no better way to have ended a, like a series like this and that yeah um be, but like in particular because of the fact that like it's everything drake didn't have like everything he didn't have he didn't have any like that support system any of those things any of those opportunities any of kind of that love and warmth around it right and i think that that seed is planted here and kind of starts to really bloom here in this pirate scene yeah. Um, and I'm so glad you chose this because I do think that out of like all the scenes that are talked about a lot in Uncharted 4, this is one of the lesser discussed ones. And if yeah. clearly, I think we each very much love it. Um, yeah. it is great. It's, it's a standout because like, I'm with you because like this is the moment where like Elena is all yes. into you, you know, yeah. and it's it's like the, it, you couldn't get that ending mm -hmm. where it's like, all right, we're gonna figure out how to do this our way. Uh, above board without this scene you know mm -hmm. um and it, and it's also like elena gets pulled back in deep enough to realize why she loved this too yes um and yeah it's it's a it's a it's phenomenal right like i compare it's for like the last of us like that scene uh with ellie in particular mm -hmm. is like her putting this very very complicated feeling yeah into into just such simple layman's terms of like 
I really want to believe in God, but I guess at the end of the day, I don't. But the, it's just the way you say that, and it's like you're really hitting so many things, like so many complicated things, yeah. but conveying it so honestly, so succinctly. I think that this scene does a lot of the same things. Weird. Like there's, a, there's a lot of complicated yeah. things here, but, but it is being portrayed in maybe the purest way yes. that you could. Weirdly, for me what this this scene reminds me of in terms of like the complexity of it i think and kind of the different like the different layers going in it um is actually like a lot of just like the interactions between ellie and riley and left behind just like almost any yeah. of the like where they get into these really like it'll start someplace right start somewhere very jokey and kind of jovial and then like veer off into very kind of deeper kind of introspective discussions about things, right? Like all the way until the very end of the game, right? Like where they, they contemplate like a double suicide, basically. Like it, I I, th- I think it reminds me so much of Left Behind, right? Which is like such a brilliant piece of like DLC for that story and like, and done so, so well. Um, and like, cause for the last rest, there's, that's just, that we, <laughs> that's just every scene. Uh, but like, like uh, one that I would go to, right. Is like, is Joel and Ellie's kind of big, like, if not their first break, break, like their big fight in fall and like that house, right. Like that scene in its entirety, right. Like, it's just like a stunning portrayal of like, uh, again, in its own way, a relationship, but like how it is like everything in it, like all the good, the bad, the like toxic nature of it, like the kind of way that it like keeps both of them going and alive and like instills them with like a modicum of hope like it is such a powerful burning scene um mm-hmm. and it's kind of the the inverse of this one where that one is very much about things kind of imploding and for lack of a word this one very much is kind of things being rebuilt um but it is not always good at this they're good at yeah. good at that writing good at that good at those characters Another one, real quick, before we we move on for Last of Us, that is also very good for me. Yeah, I'm ready for is, it. Is uh, when you're trying to leave Boston, or not even before you're trying to leave Boston, when you're going to the Capitol building, mm-hmm. uh, mm. and you're it's it's Ellie, Tess, and Joel mm-hmm. on a rooftop, and you get the first shot. Yep. Um, and Ellie brings back that line that Joel said earlier: "Is like the the view ain't half bad, or yeah. whatever." Yep. Um, and he looks at her and then he looks down at his broken watch. Yep. And it it was a thing that was totally over my head the first four times I played that game, but you totally see it. And Tess says, "Are you are like are you here?" And he's like, "I'm good." And he's like, "I need you like to pay attention." And it was like this thing because it's so telling of like Tess knows about Joel's past, which is probably a very short list of people that know about that. Yeah. And she saw that body language and she didn't like it. And it, it tells you so much in, again, so little of like, for the first, that was the first time Ellie reminded Joel of his daughter, mm. which is why he looked at his watch. And the second time, second thing is like how much you learn about how toxic Tess and Joel's relationship likely is because of how she responds to that. And then later on, when you realize Tess is already bitten at that point, spoilers. Um, <laughs> and like how complicated that scene becomes, it's like, man. 30 different things just happened yeah. in literally one look yeah. so like that's another scene like going back that i didn't notice this really really little thing but it mm-hmm. adds so much depth to that scene so i i i would love to do 
spoiler, I guess, for potential thing later on in Rash Passions. Um, the shot like, for shot, all the cool things about The Last of Us. Yes, 100% that. But, like, more particularly, like, like The Last of Us and, like, how it conveys really important moments, like, kind of happening with, like, a vista playing out before you, right? Like, it, whether, because yeah. there's so many that happen, like, that are huge pivotal moments, whether it obviously be that scene you just discussed in Boston, which is kind of the first big, like, shot of, like, a sprawling thing all the way down to obviously like the giraffe scene or even like the actual ending itself is kind of overlooking the dame again. But like, I think the giraffe scene is kind of the, the cap there. Um, and so many in between, right? We're looking at Bill's time where they're being across the USA kind of f- summer has multiple of them. Fall has a few, um, winter has one or two and then spring again. It's like pretty much every it, shot in the university when they're on the horse. Yeah. Is and like again, that. like this is, this is a true story where it's like the, the first shot where you walk into the university and you're not, on, you're not on the horse anymore. You're like on foot itself and you walk in and like, you just get like the rate, like golden rays kind of flood. The thing yeah. is still my single favorite, like shot, like not necessarily story, but just single favorite, like beautiful looking shot in a video game I've ever seen. It is just like gorgeous, like the sunlight, like just like floods that entire like university, like kind of campus park area. I don't even know what to call that, like, but like it is absolutely stunning, and like the quad. If I may. yes, the quad, yeah, like it is just incredible, right? And like the last one uses, it's such kind of, it's so much smarter than we are, and yeah. it is it is that thing of like there are so many moments like that watch that you like kind of be like, oh man, it's like the moment he realizes like. Ellie's kind of like his daughter, but it's also thinking of like, what does that mean for like his and Jess's kind of toxic nature relationship? And also like Tess is bitten and like, what does that do? And like, all those other meetings. But it's like, there's so many scenes like that and they're all kind of played out over these kind of views, right? And like, it's like a weird, it's like the last of is a weird version of, um, I think it's like, I think it's oranges in The Godfather. Do you know anything about this? No. Okay. So this is, okay. So I'm the, sorry. No. Like I'm glad you don't because like I get to explain it then. Um. Because it's a really like weird thing that people kind of picked up on where it's like every time a character like I think it's either an orange or tangerine like in The Godfather. Um. Anytime any character like interacts with one or picks one up, like they'll that like ultimately they will end up dying. Like they'll like they won't make it into a movie. Or, like something big, like some traumatic event will happen to them. Um. And it's like this weird thing where like it's a recurring thing you kind of keep like you don't even like you wouldn't ever notice that ever like you watch a movie like two or three four times then like one person just like kind of points it out and like you can never not see it again and i feel like the like vista shots in the last race are the thing where it's like something important is happening here and it's not gonna and it's something important is happening but like in the background like it's like through like these kind of like small like glances and looks and kind of like eyes clashing for just a second or body language shifting for just a second and it's like the words that are being said are obviously important, but it's that kind of how the characters interact with each other in kind of those like smaller ways that are very super easy to miss, right? Like that's what conveys so much of that thing, right? Like li- literally all the way up until the actual last end of the game, which is one overlooking the dam as they go back to Tommy's thing where like literally like it is that just look between Joel and Ellie, right? Like the words don't even say, the words, the words don't matter in that scene really. It's just like the body language and how they look at each other in that final shot, right? Like conveys so much again and it's all that matters. Yeah. Like, so that by the very end of the game, we've been, you, you've kind of like stealthily been conditioned to kind of pay attention to kind of those background smaller details because that's actually in the last shot, all that really matters is those background kind of body language shot details. Um, and yeah. It's like a really, really brilliant piece of directing and i might put that in the pin i might actually pin it i really might do that 
have like I have like I have like seventy seventy four Lashless ideas though, but like that that's a good one. Um, yeah, but this isn't a Lashless discussion, unfortunately. Um, Question for you? Yeah, give it to me. How do you feel about the ending of this? Of Uncharted Four? Of this piece? Of this piece is really interesting. Yeah, uh, like we can obviously end there. I think uh, I actually love it. I actually, I was actually I already had them highlighted. I was going to talk about them a little bit, um, both in terms of like beginning with like the internet all section, going into conclusion, um, where it's you just you have a way with the words there, Alex O'Neill. <laughs> way with them, there are the words then. Way with there are them words there. I don't tell you what, kids. Um, but like it's that thing of like learning the first like sentence of the internet all where it's like quote. In a lot of ways, this is a game by Naughty Dog for Naughty Dog fans. Not just because you got to play Crash Bandicoot or because there are <laughs> Madrid, Last of Us, and previous Uncharted references in it, but because it is a culmination of all their parts. Their design, their gameplay, their mechanics, their writing, it's all here. It all delivers, it all concludes. Which kind of goes back, I think, to that earlier point that I had made where it's like, this is the culmination of Naughty Dog's 20-year journey up to this point. Right? Like, it is kind of yeah the the thing that they've built like and it is it is a very game for the fans but i think in a way that is also a game that works very well for like people who are who are coming in for the first and play this game spoiler please don't do that like it definitely works like you get so much more out of each play the three games because mm-hmm. like there are so many like fan servicey i think video games out of there and i think a lot of them don't necessarily work as I haven't played everything that's come before this. Um, like, I mean, literally, you just wrote a review about Kingdom Hearts 3, which I think it's fair to say is a video game that doesn't necessarily work really great as a game if you just jump in as, as your first Kingdom Hearts game. It's not the same. Yeah. It just it doesn't work great. And it's a, it's a similar thing of, like, the, there is so much here for fans. Yeah. Right? Like, they, they are writing, they are sending this to their fans. Um, and, and it's better for it, right? I, like... Maybe, and that's because I am a fan, right? Um, but the same thing is true of, of Uncharted 4. I, I think, like, far and away, like, it's a great standalone video game. Like, anybody could play it and recognize the quality of it. But uh, there's so much here for fans of Naughty Dog, right? Like, not just Uncharted. Like, there's... The Crash Bandicoot thing is, like, the most, like, full circle type shit they could have done. And they did it. Yes. Uh, and it, that's it is that capstone right yeah it makes it really feel like naughty dog kind of closing the book on what they used to be right like uh i i, I feel like uncharted 4 is a continuation of this franchise that put them on the map mm-hmm. but i i feel in uncharted 4 there is so much hunger to do so much more right? yes like which is why I it was a big part of why I was super surprised that they announced the Last of Us Part Two, um, partly because I never I thought they would make another one. I but agree. Also because it really felt like they were gearing up to do something new. Uh, which, to be fair, I totally think they are. Like, if you think Uncharted yes. Five is going to be their game after Last of Us Part you Two, you absolutely or Last of Us Part Three. I, which I also vehemently do not believe is a game that will ever exist. Yes. We, you know, I've, been, I've been wrong before. That's so. the thing that we... I mean, like, I think we each agree, ultimately. Like, I think Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog can say whatever they want all day long. I think if it had been purely up to Naughty Dog, The Last of Us Part 2 would not be a video game. 
Like I don't yeah. even I don't even think they would have made this game. I think it was very much like Sony being like, you can make whatever you want, and we'll give you all the money in the world. But also maybe maybe make a sequel. <laughs> we <would> really like it <laughs> to one of the most critically acclaimed video games of all time, and one of the best selling video games PlayStation's ever made. Yeah. That still is like still like records BYP to this day. Yeah, like, like maybe do both. Like that thing. I like think, I think there was a lot of like maybe do this too though, because since you just ended one of our other biggest franchises. And it, but you know it's it's like Uncharted is this franchise that made Naughty Dog like untouchable, right? Yep. Like Uncharted yep. two won so many like yep. critical awards, like and like on a technical level, the way that they made that game was like. Mm-hmm. I, I remember all the GDC talks after because they did a GDC talk about the train sequence specifically. God. And I remember like developers walking out of that being like, this is fucking wild. <laughs> like like they they were not necessarily or not exclusively setting benchmarks for the industry and, and like critically, but like also for developers and, and technology and obviously their engine and, and what they've built is like in a class of its own, especially like their mocap I, I obviously i i think a lot of bonkers sony first party studios yep. but also just like studios in general take a use some of the techniques that they used for uncharted one mocap wise right yep. so like they've had such a huge they have such a f- huge foothold in video games as an industry now they can do whatever they want uh and i, I know that that's a, a a thing that's thrown around a lot but it is so true like they they have achieved the the like the rock star status like which is yeah is it's a sacred thing it is a Mm -hmm. legitimately sacred thing of like whatever game that they put out sony will back it 100 percent, and everyone will buy it (laughs) like that's that's the craziest thing is that like you could it's i mean it's not even an argument like it is just a fact like naughty dog hasn't made a (laughs) Like bad video games since arguably PS1 generation, but like it, mm-hmm. there's a compelling argument like just try to never, um, mm-hmm. and that like each generation has just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. But, like certainly they've delivered nothing but like crazy like A plus games for four video games in a row, right? They're like Uncharted two, three, Last of Us, Uncharted four. Right? There's these games that are just absolutely mind boggling in scope and size, and like there's another paragraph that I won't read the whole thing but I'm just going to start and then you should just, I mean I already heard it I guess but like you should read it too because it's very well written but it's just the maybe there isn't a train or airplane moment in Uncharted 4 not one shining moment but I think almost every second of the first two acts of the game serve as a non-stop set pieces that are never afraid to introduce something new whether it's a new kind of flashback to young Drake's a prison fight a heist in a chateau or going scuba diving the game moves Right. And like it continues on from there, like about the sense of momentum. Right. And then it jumping ahead now um, to kind of the, the ending of the piece where it's when you play Cassie exploring the Drake household, you really get to relish the world they've built across the PlayStation 3 and now PlayStation 4 adventures and journeys, characters and stories. And when I played that, too, I realized how much it all mattered to me, how happy I was that Nate and Elena got to live the dream and have Cassie, too that I fought all those frustrated hours of enemies in Uncharted 1 through 3, relished in the amazing and refined combat through 4, and got to this epilogue for that very realization. Like, and then, 
I'm going to then obviously continue now because it's the last paragraph of the fucking thing. But, <laughs> oh, like, not the last check-in, but like the last narrative one, but it's just Uncharted 4 is a game that Naughty Dog wasn't even obligated to make, which is my, which is one of, I think, each of our big points. They could have left the series on PS3 and gone on to a new future. But this is really the series that served as their coming out to the wider industry as the most talented and diversely skilled studio in the industry as a whole. They sent off Nate, Elena, Sully, and now Sam with love and care that can only come from a studio that humbly understands how much the art they've created means to the industry, the players they've connected with, and the lives they've honestly touched with their stories, right? Like, it's, there's, to the very, very kind of beginning of this discussion, there, there's no way to kind of remove, I think, certainly for either one of us, but I would argue millions of people who played this game, to remove kind of the larger arc of Naughty Dog that is kind of conveyed in this game, right? Like, you didn't even have to play Uncharted 1, 2, and 3. You could have just played jack and dexter and crash in the day or only crash or only jack but like it's it's almost impossible to not have had some sort of experience with not a game at some point in time to kind of see this overall arc and journey and if you're somebody like me and you who each really loves all of their games or at least kind of respects them in terms of maybe the ps1 crash games like to see that kind of growth like this is in a weird way the most kind of brilliantly done like subtly done at the same time send off to all there and right? it is them very much saying like we didn't have to do it's just like, i don't think we each kind of agree they didn't have to do last was part two but this is us kind of saying goodbye to this thing and saying goodbye in a larger sense of, like who we've been right and like our relationship with you and what that has meant for two decades right like it is it is impossible literally impossible for being you to really remember a world pre Naughty Dog, like, video games on PlayStation, right? Like, Crash came out in 96, I was four, you were three. Um, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, we just, like, it is, like, we live in this world. Like, we've literally grown up playing these video games and certainly since the PS2 generation, loving them, right? Like, they've meant a lot. Like, certainly my list of favorite video games of all time is populated by a lot of Naughty Dog video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, including the very top, obviously, with The Last of Us and Uncharted 4 in my top five. And, like, mine isn't, right? Like... Yeah, yours is very different. This was like, this this was the game where it all made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of that, like, the feeling I had going through that epilogue above anything else Say was this feeling that Naughty Dog was saying thank you mm-hmm. to me as the player for sticking with them, right? Like, the phrase that they come back to in that epilogue so many times is Sick Parvis Magna. Yep. And it... Like there is just, I, I feel like there's so much humility in in mm-hmm. Uncharted Four, yes. Uh, especially in the end of like we wouldn't be here without you, yeah. and we made this yeah. for you. Like that's the feeling that the subtext that I get from the end of that game, and it, I don't know, it's, it like it really reached out and grabbed my heart because like yeah. you think about they were like nobody you know like like naughty dog was like i don't mean to disparage like the hard work they've obviously always put into their games but like they went from making a platformer mascot which to be fair like was an attempt to rival mario the video game um and it it did a a a pretty good job considering everybody and their fucking uncle knows what (laughs) it is um but like they went from that to like 
one of the most emotionally poignant stories I've ever experienced in my entire life across yeah. any medium in yeah. The Last of Us. Yeah. And it felt like Uncharted 4 as a game that came out after The Last of Us, which mm -hmm. put them in a spectrum of their own, yeah. uh, like with maybe two other developers ever, which is like yeah. uh, some, like Nintendo EAD, like their main studio, and also like Rockstar, like, yeah. you know, like the, the two most, like these people can make whatever they want and everyone will play it, like kinds of developers. And this was them saying, like, we wouldn't have gotten here without you. Thank you. Right. And that's why, like, that was my feeling playing the game was it was them saying, like, we are proof that you can live your dream. Yeah. And greatness can come from fucking anywhere. And it's it's a message that we want to pass on to you. And that's why, like, I felt my only appropriate response was to thank them. Because yeah. they made something that really mattered to me. And I yeah. didn't know all the reasons why it did until I finished this game. I am really glad, and this this can be what we end on, that you touched on the sick purpose magna thing, right? Because I think for, for both of us, I know that kind of the larger, like, sick purpose magna is something that I love embedded throughout the Uncharted games. But in particular, I love the fact that, like, how it evolved over time. Because in the first game, yeah. it is just, like, it is it is a thing, but it is not necessarily huge. It's like a cool, it's a cool phrase. That yeah. It lives by, and then right? over time, it becomes bigger, right? Like, it's a little bit more there in two, a little bit more there in three, but it, it does become, like, this recurring giant theme in four. Like, it becomes embedded throughout the game, right? Especially as, again, like, something i've talked about before like the main villain of the game is kind of this mirror image of drake it's drake but like gone wrong in a lot of ways and right? it's drake yeah. kind of the the darker version of that kind of the darker impulses in him and it is this kind of greatness from small beginnings sick purpose magnet mantra but it, for for me and i know for you like or like i guess i can't speak for you but i would assume like uncharted is also tied into my larger kind of connections with like at the time beyond and then ultimately kind of funny like that like larger community of people and obviously greg at the time um was still um and like that kind of rallying cry to you that they kind of all adopted it so hard like so wholeheartedly right like they kind of cause obviously greg um and the guys loved these games um and are like some of the biggest champions of them in the industry but like the way that the larger kind of first beyond and then kind of funny community kind of took the Sick Purpose Magna, like, greatest from Swamp Beginning and Mantra as well. Like, it has become something that, like, means something. Like, that phrase and expression means something to this, like, kind of large group of people. Um, and I've never ceased to be, like, amazed and floored um, and, like, just, like, filled with, like, emotions, italics, um, <laughs> by that, right? And, like, it's, it's also something to where it's, like, I mean, we've had a lot of discussions and a lot of conversations um, about, like, irrational passions in the past few weeks and months. Um, so, so, so many, in yeah. fact. And, like, I, I, I love the fact that, like, we got to this point um, totally by accident. But the fact that we got to this point of, like, Sick Purpose Magnet, Great National Paul Beginnings, and, like, what that means to us um, in a conversation in the best of kind of discussion of rash passion right? like in this feature that is on the best of list right and the fact that like ip is turned into something that can have a best of list right like that is t evolved into a website that 
A, is a website because Rash Passions wasn't one at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And then and then B, is something that has had enough kind of people come and pour themselves into it that it, it is deserving and has kind of the need to have the best of a thing to kind of recognize the, the history and the different kind of styles and personalities that have kind of been with this site. Um, like it, it in its own, I think beautiful and really fitting way. Like IP itself is like a perfect embodiment of sick purpose magnet, right? Like it is, it is, it is something that I think fits the site so well and that we, I think kind of jokingly or not jokingly use every now and again it's kind of a rallying cry for the site whenever we hit some sort of milestone or go to some event um or interact with like the okay beast boys or like handsome phantom guys like these other kind of smaller outlets that are born out of this they're born out of the kind of funny community or beyond community right that have had this rallying cry echoed back to them too right because like for me there's no greater like within the industry like example of this and again greg who i guess like take with a grain of salt incredibly two incredibly biased individuals in terms of like thoughts and appealings on Greg, but like, and like that kind of greatest just while beginnings approach for him too, where he was some dopey kid from Glenelg, Illinois doing dumb shit. Um, and then like turned into something that regardless of like the Twitter or views or YouTube or I just like, regardless of any of that shit, like just like the influence he's had on people to actively chase the best versions of themselves they think they can be right like not like chase who they think they should be right like chase the person they that they wake up in the morning thinking that they are capable of being like thinking maybe one day i can be and thinking this is the thing i want to do like but i don't know how to do it and then you have this person who is just unshakably kind of said for a decade like don't give up like you like look at what i have achieved um like look what i've done like i've gone far past my wildest dreams like you can do this right like the sick purpose magnet is like embedded into the fabric of kind of his appeal and pitch to like every person every interaction every hug uh that he gives and that kind of larger community is like fostered itself on right because that that is why i love that's my own like entwined and complicated feelings with uncharted 4 too where it's like it is impossible to to peel that away from the larger kind of kind of funny and Greg um, and like Colin and Goldfarb and Clint and Tim and Nick um, connection, right? Like it is, it is wedded to that idea at the core of all these things, just like greatness from small beginnings, right? Like anything is possible. Like impossible is just kind of a, is it just a dare? Um, and so I love the game for that. I love what sick Parvis Magna has come to kind of mint to so many people, right? Like, it means something. This old, ancient, literally dead language expression matters a great deal where people get it tattooed under their skin, where it becomes like this rallying cry, this inspirational creed. Um, and I find that incredibly and endlessly powerful and inspiring. And so absolutely to the, to the point you made, like to give thanks to Neil and Bruce and Amy and the entire team at Our Dog that introduce something whether innocuous at first or not by the end it was embraced wholeheartedly as just kind of this creed to just do impossible things right and like there the the story all ended with is like is this from a few years ago maybe like one two years ago like somebody 
who like got hired onto Naughty Dog. Um, and he kind of talked about, in particular, he talked mainly about the last of us and like influence on him, but the larger influence and like what it did for him and what it meant for him, right? And like how the studio and its games and its stories and its characters, the real characters, Ellie in particular, right? And like, and her kind of portrayal with like within the LGBT community and like how it mattered and how important it was and how like real sick Parvis Magna had become to him, right? Like it is, it is weird to think that a Latin expression has like changed lives and inspired people to do like amazing things and like, but it has. And I think that it, to me is like the enduring beauty of uncharted more than any series more whether or not it's like combat mechanics are great whether or not it's like gameplay is fun or not whether or not like all this stuff is like irrelevant it's like how much it is actively pushed people to try to be better versions of themselves one day at a time one step at a time one mistake and setback and bad day and dark spell at like kind of at a time but just just kind of sick parvis magna their way through it um and i find that really beautiful um, and so that's that's what I'll say as my final words on this. Yeah, I mean, when I tweeted out the picture of the 19 of us from uh, Extra Life 2017, mm. the yeah. atta- attached words were sick, purpose, small, small yeah. Um So obviously it's left, and that was 18 months after this piece was published. Yep. Uh, so it it left a it left a mark with me. You know, it, yeah. it stuck with me, which I'm glad it did. Right? Like I didn't forget about Uncharted Four. No. Never forget. Um, never forget. Never forget. Um, um, but yeah, that. Do you have any final? You have one more thing. Yeah, I like. I don't know, man. Uh, I understand why people don't like Uncharted. Yeah. Um, I just hope that. Uh, and I don't begrudge anyone. Also, obviously, like people don't like plenty of games. I like. You know, I, we I don't like actively hate you if you don't like this video False. game. False. Um, and I, I think that's all. It's a part of it all. Uh, I just hoped that this piece yeah. accurately conveys why I do like Uncharted. Yeah. And and again, it's a thing of I didn't know I liked it as much as I did until mm-hmm. I did. You know? It I, just happens. I think I hope listening to Alex having read it to you at the top of this and then hopefully reading the piece itself too. And then this discussion, I think, that me and Alex have had, the two kind of big stands of kind of positivity and etc etc um i think there are a lot of reasons why somebody might not like uncharted i guess um but i think what i hope you get out of this is not necessarily a like galaxy brain realization about the games but i i hope at the very least you get what they have meant and what they have kind of help to motivate within so many people um because it has turned into something very real right it has something very personal intimate and also in a in a in its own weird way something very kind of connective and um unifying and binding i think these games have been able to kind of create right um and particular with that kind of central message of nathan drake um that's what I'd like to think that that you've heard this hour-long conversation, you've heard Alex's actual feature, um, and you've kind of seen that bleed through uh, because Sick Pervers Magna is is very real, very small beginnings. Mm. Um, yeah, 
And you can't so, run away from who you are. You can't run away from who you are. Embrace it. Lean into it. Be be the best version of who you can be. Abe Lincoln was born in a log cabin in Kentucky. He's had some pretty small beginnings, and look what he did. It was all right. Some might say. There's I had to get, able, I was, I had to get my obligatory Abe Lincoln drop in. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm, I'm making my daily checklist here. But like, yeah, like whether it, whether it is something on like a massive, you know, paradigm shift in scale like that, or somebody like Greg, um, who's obviously kind of touched thousands of lives in a very kind of personal, intimate way, or whether it's you know two chuckleheads on you know the midwest and the east coast doing a podcast that and doing you know written features that like people then want to become like a part of that thing that they're doing right like whatever the thing like people have been i think inspired by this kind of very human creed of just like greatness from small beginnings right like from the humblest of origins to kind of the mightiest of like palaces um and so I love Uncharted for how it kind of embodies that most like fundamental of human kind of dreams and goals. And so that's what I will say we'll wrap up with. Um, thank you very much, Alex, for being a part of this conversation. Thanks, I think, for, uh, thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, is like every conversation, one of my very favorites with you. Um, <laughs> every conversation we have is just your new favorite. <laughs> I love having a conversation with you. I love... Alex and Neil, very much listener. Uh, spoiler alert: We're gonna be sharing a bed together in Pax East, and it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be I don't time. have a choice in this matter. I want everyone to also know the other kind of wrinkle there. Mm, mm. That's one <laughs> negative, Nancy way of looking at it. I, one, it's, just, it's also just factual. One positive Pamela way of looking at it is that uh, our love cannot be denied. And so, <laughs> um, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this and all the other best of list article reads that will be kind of rolling out all the, around the same time. Um, we really liked these features. We really think they kind of embody the best of IP. We're very proud of them all. Um, so I hope you enjoy them. Like, subscribe, share with your friends, whatever kids do nowadays. Put it on Snapchat, you know, tumble it but not in the porn parts um and until next time i mean kiss your neighbor and stay rational and sick parvis magna man i love you too Logan. thank you